Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Mackers, together and loving it. TNCs apply. It's 2.07, 7 minutes past, 2 minutes past 7, it's 7.02, and this is an inclusive show because it's all about girls, girls, girls to start the show off with, right? That's where that's where we're at on Repco Race Control for a Thursday night around New Zealand, wherever you are. I hope it's a little drier than where it is we are right now in the city of Sales. It's pretty poo, to be fair. It's been like that all day. So I trust you've had a good week, and you're looking forward to what we have in store for you this evening. Coming shortly, we're going to talk to Will Davison. Davo is his those that can call him Davo. Uh, he's currently third in the Repco Supercars Championship for Dick Johnson Racing. Had a great weekend at Sandown. Won the, the first race of the weekend, came home second, and, and, a, and a cracking third race duel with Shane Van Gisbergen. We'll talk to him about that and also just about how this season has panned out with it sort of coming down to the road. And, of course, Pukekohe is not too far away. So that is something that we can look forward to. At around 7.30, we're going to talk to the chairman of the North Island Formula Ford uh, Associate. What do you call North Island Formula Ford? Just call it that. Yeah, Shane Drake still drives his Formula Ford in anger, a former New Zealand Trans Am champion. And then after I will talk to Hayden Padden because Hayden, of course, is now back uh, from his European jaunt and is testing the car. They, I think they flew the car back. We'll double-check that it is. They are testing that particular car, the WRC2 car for uh, the uh, Rally of New Zealand, Repco Rally of New Zealand. And, and funny is we were out there today at the Jacks Ridge uh, power stage. We'll talk more about that when Murph finally gets on the phone and uh, drives into Invercargill and settles down. Thomas Randall, too, coming over at 8.30. So that's what you can look forward to on this edition of Repco Race Control. All right, our first guest is just around the corner. Advances it in second gear, lines it up to the chequered flag, and it's career victory number 21 for Will Davison at yeah. a very special yeah. location at Sandown. Oh, thanks, Rich. Thank you, guys. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, couldn't be happy for the guy and couldn't be happier for Will Davison because he re-signed for another season with uh, Dick Johnson Racing. He joins us right now. Hey, Will, how are you, mate? 
Hey, great to be on the show. Yeah, good, thank you. Good. Yeah, Murph is coming, mate. He's coming. Uh, he has just uh, driven. Is he, is he? He's just driven. Is he recovering from, from his 50th birthday um, party, is he? Oh, no, nah, mate, he's not. Uh, now, you know him probably better than <laughs> most. He's he's not a big uh, celebrator. Is, are you with me now, Murph, are you? I'm here now. Oh, there he is. So he, he, he must have driven like a, a hellcat to get into Invercargill. So, hey, mate, congratulations on uh, re-signing. That must have been just settling you down for the rest of the season. Yeah, thanks. No, it's certainly it's something that, um, you know, I wasn't overly concerned with. Um, just, yeah, loving. Yeah, I mean, loving every moment being in, yeah, just such a calibre team and operation. But, yeah, it got to that point where I was pretty keen to just to stop the noise, really, it was just becoming a bit of a distraction. So, um, no, really, really pumped to um, continue with the team next year. It's, it's, you know, so much change next year. So that continuity is really important for us. So, um, yeah, really excited. Hey, uh, mate, um, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Um, appreciate that. Those, those, those situations, uh, they are annoying, aren't they, when, there's, when you know what's going on and but other people are thrown in their two cents worth and... And you can't really avoid it, can you? It's just like because people get asking you about stuff. It's um, it's just the way that we've had to deal with these things over the years. And you've been through as many as most people have, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. And like um, sometimes you're more stressed than others. I, I think at this stage in my career, I I in my own head definitely, I you know, I definitely had decided I wanted to continue. I you know, still enjoying it more than ever. Still got the, the drive and the hunger and. Uh, it's one of those things. Sometimes it's things you just can't say, so you're not worried. Um, and other times, naturally, there's, there's things out of your control as well. So, um, yeah, it was something that uh, was a bit frustrating. You know, I'd had a lot of, you know, a lot of reasonable runs last year and this year. The seasons have gone well. And, um, you know, it was just something we just had to hold off and let, let, it, let it take its cause, I suppose. And, uh, you know, everything, everything's all turned out now. Well, Murph and I were talking about uh, your performance at the weekend at Sandown. It was, it was a cracking performance. And, and we pretty much said you had the fastest car of, of the weekend. Did it feel like that? Because when I saw you take off on that first race of the weekend, I thought, man, you are, you are hot this weekend. Yeah, it was. we knew sort of Friday, actually, and there was a lot of weather hanging around. And we, saw, we knew after practice one, we thought, whoa, geez, we've got a bit of a rocket on our hands here. And... Um, but we've had that quite a bit this year, particularly in like you know quali trim or new tyre trim, and you know we never know um, if that's going to quite translate in the race. You know, just SVG and and you know his guys in race trim are just dynamite. So we were still a bit a bit nervous even after being on pole. Um, but yeah, I, I sort of knew once we got the race underway that, that you know the car, the balance was translating through the stint and. Um, yeah, we're excited for Sunday. And unfortunately, yeah, you look back on that and, and just sort of say, yeah, with speed like that, you know, we probably didn't execute the perfect day. We had a few little gremlins, but that's just the way it goes. Um, all in all, it was a really positive weekend. At, at a track, you know, we sort of thought we'd play into, in their favour, um, but we've really turned that around from last year. And that's sort of been the opposite at a couple other circuits like Tail and Bend, where we thought might be in our favour and, you know, they absolutely dominated. So it's it's a crazy year, but we're, we're pushing hard with the car, and I think that showed on the weekend. So you said there um, at the start of, when you answered that question just about the um, the car, and you rolled it straight out, and it felt great straight away, and 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 then it you know it continued to to deliver the performance. I mean, 
those are those are, those days are a little bit few and far between, you know, with the competition the way it is. Um, why do you think? Why do you think it, 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 everything gelled so well straight away, and you felt it straight away? I mean, those are what you want every weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, Murph. Um, I mean, I think this year we've sort of we know when we get the car into a particular window, it's it's super fast. Um, you know, I've had quite, you know, a lot of pole positions this year at, you know, many different circuits, really. Um, but, yeah, in that sort of fashion, it was, yeah, I mean, I wish I could have the answer for you. But, you know, it was at a circuit we actually yeah. were not really sure about. But I was really excited about that because, you know, it was a, it's a challenge I was looking to, to take on. You know, we'd had a really good, long, hard think about, you know, last year and where the car was at and we knew what we'd changed since, you know, my experience in the car and some things we sort of learnt at Townsville and sort of things we'd worked on that we were really hopeful that would sort of, you know, translate itself to, to Sandown and it rolled out really good. Um, it's a really unique setup there. You know, you've got straight line performance, which is critical, but trying to get the car to be quick in a straight and handle is is a challenge, but we certainly certainly had those two things working together, and we just unlocked one or two changes in practice one, and just found another little chunk mm. of time, and it was a bit surprising because even the way the balance went wasn't necessarily what I was after, but it was producing lap time, so we just rolled with it. Mate, how encouraged were you uh, off the back of the the wee the wee fire you had that you go out and then go and set a lap record at Sandown, which we know is an important a, a track that means something to you, and also to carry on when your teammate tried to piggyback you in the last race of the weekend. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the quali was a bit of a you know bit of a shock. The the first one, um, you know, we'll you know, obviously really just preparing the tyres for a big lap, and next thing I started. Uh, copping lots of fumes and smoke in the car not knowing what it was and pretty quickly realized it was you know electrical smoke and anyone who's tried to breathe that stuff in uh, knows that it's not that pretty and um, you know we managed to get it back and I really didn't think you know we'd be able to get the car turned around to get back out but our team did an amazing job to quickly um, you know analyze what had happened and change the battery and and you know I was just keen to stay in the zone um, and repay repay the guys and, and get ourselves back on on track you know so it was I was pretty fueled up I was pretty I uh, had a bit of adrenaline going and and used that in in a positive way to uh, to nail a you know a, you know really good qual time and get the lap record and uh, yeah it was the best way to bounce back right from disappointment you got to use it to fuel you and and uh, not drop the shoulders. Uh, you've conveniently forgotten about the piggyback uh, because no. that was that was a hell of a race, by the way. That, I mean, how frustrating is it to know that you're the faster car and SVG's in front of you? <laughs> oh, it is. Um, but, yeah, it was those, those crucial early laps and, uh, you know, he's, he's a bloody hard racer. And we were having a really cool battle, though. Um, there was a lot of mud on the track from a previous um, Super 2 shunt. Mm. So I sort of knew the first two laps and being first on the scene was was just going to be really interesting. So we're all slipping and sliding through that first sector and there's a bit of nose to tail and Shane got a bit of a run up the back straight, you know, side drafting side by side over the hill, which was seriously wild. Um, we we're both really keen to have that track position because we knew once the race would settle down, there was nothing between yeah. us. So um, we were side by side and then, you know, I was going to go for the switchback. Shane, is there, you know, he's very good at always... Mm positioning his car and he really propped the car mid-corner which I think then propped me and then sort of caught Anton unawares and that's where a bit of the contact happened and 
unfortunately, yeah, the battle stopped there, and and uh, and then we pressed on, did all we could, tried to go on a bit of a different strategy to SVG to get clean air, and got back to him at the finish. Um, but yeah, ultimately those early laps were, were critical, and he he just he just nailed me, unfortunately. <laughs> hey, um, hey, just let's just talk about um, uh, the the yourself and Anton as teammates. Um. How, how, I mean, I look from the outside and I haven't been close to that um, over the last, or since you guys have joined forces, but from the outside, it looks like a really, really good, uh, you know, um, team that you guys have got and good communication and respect. And I'm just interested to know how you bounce off each other and, and how well that's working for the two of you to learn. I mean, you've, you've got so much experience, man, and, and obviously he's an up and coming and got a huge amount of speed. Um, just, just try to take us inside the team a little bit and, and tell us about how that relationship is. Yeah, it's actually honestly really healthy. Not, you know, not just saying that. Um, you know, I'm at, I'm at a stage in my career where, you know, I've been, been there, done it all, <laughs> had the inter team sort of uh, headbutts, and, and you know, it's just, it's not healthy. Um, you know, there's a great culture at, at DJR. Um, it's just an amazing team. It's super close, like. From all the Scotty McLaughlin success, there's just an amazing group there that has all got each other's backs. So you very quickly settle into, you know, into that environment and 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 realise, you know, there's certainly no I in team. You know, it's a big group, and you know, I've, I've, Anton's young and you know, hungry, quite new to the sport. Um, but you know, he's, you know, realised that you know, I'm, I'm certainly there to uh, to help him where I can. Um, he's got the pace, you know, and bit by bit over the last two years, you know, we've just, we've got closer and closer and there's, there's a really good, healthy mutual respect there. Um, I'm not threatened by him in any way. Um, want to see him do well. We want the team to do well. And it's, it's just actually a really healthy respect and that filters through the engineering group. And, you know, we race each other clean and hard. Um, you know, we push each other incredibly hard. There's no denying, of course, when the visor's down, we both want to win, but uh, we want to make sure we're on that front row together and, you know, we want to um, make sure the team knows that uh, we've got their interests first. And ultimately, you know, sometimes you put the team first and it benefits all of us because we get fast cars and a great vibe. And I really I really like Anton. I like the way he's growing. Um, and he's learning all the time. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a healthy environment because I help him in some ways, but no doubt seeing some of his data and the way he works, he's an impressive young fella. And it also makes me faster as well. So, um, yeah, we've got a good thing going there. Well, genuinely and, and, and realistically, 519 points behind SVG, still plenty in the season. Realistically, in the way he's driving, can you guys get him? Oh, <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, the, the, the points gap he's got, is uh, it's, uh, it's, it's massive. So uh, with 1,200, I think, up for grabs still. <laughs> you know, someone of his calibre, even if we beat him, um, you know, he's not just going to disappear. So, uh, you know, he's there for a reason. He's there because of their form and their, you know, their, their teamwork and their minimal errors is just being faultless. Um, so, you know, you just got to applaud that job. But, uh, of course, the, the benchmark is very, very high. They've definitely gone to a whole new level with their package and, and the way Shane's driving. Um, but that's exciting. It, it only means we're trying to, lift ourselves up as well and I'm enjoying the challenge you know if you beat him on track that you've done a you know a seriously seriously good job and it's really rewarding so that's what fuels us for the the remainder of the year to obviously just to win because I only want to win when we deserve to and um, 
So we're just pushing hard to be a little bit better. And there's plenty of big trophies still to get with Bathurst, you know, Gold Coast back, Adelaide 500. Um, obviously in Pookie coming up soon. So uh, that's going to be pretty nuts. Um, can't wait for that. But yeah, just excited for the remainder of the year. And there's a crazy battle for the team's championship as well, which is still well and truly open. With, with um, I mean, everything you've just said about the competition and, and SVG, I mean, you, you followed that car um, for a few laps there on Sunday afternoon. Um, you had a very good car on that weekend. They often have a very good car and maybe the benchmark. Um, but but everything else, just, I mean, he's doing everything right. What do you, and, I mean, and you're driving great, mate, but what do you sort of see? Can you sort of put it down to a couple of things? Is there something obvious that, that you're trying to, you know, work on to try and bridge that gap? Or is it just that they've got pretty much every single, you know, box ticked and and it's very, very hard to, to try and isolate a couple of things? Yeah, it's we, you can't really focus on them too much because we have really different philosophies. Our packages are completely different. You know, these generational cars that we're using, which are in their final year, uh, towards the end of their, you never say the end of their development, but we certainly can't change the philosophy of the way our car is now. Um, you try and do that and we make the thing way slower. You know, we extract the speed in really different spots. Um, and we've just got to focus on trying to make ours a little bit better. And, um, you know, it's no, you know, hiding. They had some, you know, some pretty solid uh, upgrades. Um, they've had, you know, they've got just really a couple of strong additions to their engine package and their aero package. And, uh, and Shane's been driving that style of triple eight car since 2013 when he went to techno, basically. So, you know, he's got a particular style and they've really you know, developed the car around his style and to his strengths. And, um, you know, we have completely different strengths as well. But, um, you know, at the moment, they, they've just got a very consistent um, package that, you know, plays to his strengths. And uh, he's always got massive pace in race conditions. He's, uh, you know, very good at positioning his car. And he, he's very strong in the right areas when you're in a, when you're, when you're in a wheel-to-wheel combat with him. You want big braking uh, performance and, and good mid-range engine and uh, so we you know, we we try and copy that and we go worse so we just focus on our strength in our car which has amazing strength and um, that's what we're trying to do better now and if we can qualify on the front and we've led plenty of races we just uh, we just get eaten up by them so now the aim is to keep qualifying there but hopefully we can keep driving away like we we did at Sandown and have some, some good wheel-to-wheel races with him because that's what it's all about. There's always one way to annoy him, and that's when at Pukekohe, which is coming up next. Uh, are you... <laughs> as a driver, having driven Pukekohe, what do you think you'll miss about driving there? Or, I mean, everything. There's, there's probably few tracks remaining that give you the sensation, in, in my opinion, of when you drive a supercar around Pukekohe. Like, it's got... Yeah, you know, we, we get a buzz everywhere, but there's something really about, you know, firing into turn one over the bumps and, um, you know, getting through that first sector or getting through the last sector where you, you're just you're absolutely hanging on. The eyeballs are open and it's fast. It, it just gives you an incredible sensation through the car when, you, when you, you're on the limit round there. So uh, there's a few tracks that give you that sensation now with the bumps, the character it's got. And just the, the nature and the flow of the corners, it's, uh, it really is a, a wild, fun track to drive on. And 
uh, definitely will we'll miss that. Just the, the character and of a circuit like that. There's uh, not too many of them left around the world, so um, it's, it's pretty sad. Would have been nice to have a crack in a Gen 3 car there, eh? <laughs> oh, yeah, it would have been. I, 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 they'd be pretty nuts through that last sector, actually. It's probably going back 15, 20 years, actually. But the current cars are it's so different. They're super fast. Like, I remember 2019, just how much speed we could carry into turn one and the last sector was sort of easy flat over that bump which wasn't you know 10 years ago so um yeah it's a different fun round there now the cars are more stuck but it means you're actually pushing even harder into the fast corners so the gen 3 i don't know it'd be uh oh that'd be sketchy i think but it'd be fun <laughs> oh well mate oh, we're, we're looking forward to seeing you over here mate and we appreciate you giving us the time on repco race control and again congratulations on the re-signing and a great weekend at sandown we'll see you in a couple of weeks yeah thank can't wait cheers thanks guys Cheers, David. Thanks, mate. Will Davison, uh, currently sitting third in the championship overall behind Cam Waters. And, of course, he's 519 points, point, the cha- points leader in Shane Van Gisbergen. I was, I was fascinated at how his humility, his humility at, at being uh, Anton's teammate, you know, he, he, he on a number of occasions, Murphy talked about being. Well, I'm, you know, I'm this, I'm, I'm at this at this point in my career. I think the line was at this point in my career, and how he he seems really uh, is together the right word, just in, in in the right space. Uh, I think so, mate. I might be having a few comms things here, so um, let me know if you can't hear me. No, I got gotcha, you. Um, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, he uh, he's he's. Uh, He's in a really good space and, and he's evolved and he's, I think he just realises uh, what he's got now. He's uh, very comfortable with the operation. I'm so glad that they did re-sign him. He clearly still offers a lot to to that operation and is going to continue to do that. And I think, um, you know, he supports Anton and, and provides, I think, a lot of stability. And and Davo's an easy guy to get on with. A real, you know, he's just, he is just a, he's just a good, good bloke, nice guy. And, and there's no threat there. That's really important. There's no threat for either either of them because they're in different stages. But they still and they, but they'll push each other as he said. So they've got healthy respect, which is actually helping them, um, you know, continue to evolve their cars and and the working relationship and 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 it's getting results. So it's it's I, I see it as a as a really really um, strong relationship moving forward. Yeah, and no, I think it was, uh, and he he seems to be one of the nice guys. He one of the nice guys. Oh, oh. He is. He's a good. He's a. Good, he's a bloody good guy. Yeah. Yeah, really and nice. and we need those in the sport. We also need that hard team. worker. Yeah. Yeah, hard worker. You know, he he puts the effort in. He's he's been there a long time. He knows what it takes, and and uh, you know, he just he's he's prepared to do that. But he's you know um, a guy that's been around as long as he has. Got a lot of experience and a lot of knowledge. He gets it. He's not. He's not just um, you know, uh, and he's not just there for the the paycheck. It means a lot to him to be successful. Yeah, that and it, 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 just the way he was talking reminded me just a little bit about when we were talking to SVG last week about just the importance. And, and I noted down when he said, uh, "You know, I enjoy it when winning when we deserve to." Yeah, that was good. That was a good comment, wasn't it? That's was a very good comment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was fascinating. So he's yeah, you know, he's competitive, but knows you've got to have everything in the right space to get the W. Seven twenty three. This is Revco Race Control. Yes, Murph. 
No, no, that's fine, mate. Absolutely. Yeah, 7.23. This is Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver. Uh, coming shortly, we're going to talk to the chairman of the North Island Formula Ford uh, uh, Association, and it's Shane Drake, who's still out there. Chairman. And is, uh, well, I think he's the chairman. He said he was the chairman. Is that, was that did, too, he, did he call himself? Did, did I think he, he, is that a label he's given himself? I think he may have done that, yeah. I think, and he's still yeah, out there yeah. in his, yeah. his Marlborough, like the old Marlborough-looking, sort of uh, McLaren-looking little Formula Ford, and the former Trans Am champion in this country as well. But they're doing some really good things and they're seeing the numbers come back into Formula Ford racing and they've got a huge field uh, for Pukekohe so we'll talk about that shortly. Listening to Repco Race Control on a Thursday with Murph and McIver on SENZ around New Zealand and Australia on the SEN or SENZ app at 7.28. Uh, before we go to Shane and uh, just have a little break, I've got to talk about, I love new cars, I love design, but one of the craziest designs you'll ever see, and it's not its not always beautiful, are Koenigsegg cars, right, Murph? You know, they, these are, they're, they're just bonkers. Cars. Well, they, guess what? Guess what? I don't... They've I don't need to guess, I know. Oh, okay. Let's just take the window to myself. Uh, they've just released the CC850, quote, a contemporary reimagination of the CC8S. Now, get this. Here's the, here's the fun part, motorheads. Twin turbo V8 pumping out 1,185 brake horses. Oh, it gets better. And now this is where tech comes in. It has a nine-speed auto plus, and also a six-speed manual. It's combined. Uh, they are very, very clever, the Cohen Sig 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 engineers. They are very clever, and they have they have been building these these incredible machines now for a, a very long time. It actually says here, doesn't it? How long it is? Uh, 20, 20 years of production, celebrating twenty years of production, and the the technology that's going into this. And I think it is gorgeous, and it is mm. very much a, a reimagination yeah. in this you know, retro kind of take on the CC80S, which if you search that car, was ahead of its time, ahead of its time in performance and all sorts of things. And now they have evolved and evolved and evolved and have gone back really in time to produce this stunning, beautiful-looking yeah, yeah. car. That's I mean, and, and and the transmission, as you said, I mean, I mean... How, how do you figure that these out, These monstrous, right? monstrous manufacturers haven't thought of something like this, and they, they've gone and managed to do it. A nine-speed auto or choose to be a six-speed manual. And That's I th- just, I can't even imagine how they do and that. And am I right in saying the manual's on the, and it's a gate shift? It's a gate shift, yeah, man? It's, a, it's, a, it's an H pattern. Yeah. H pattern shift. So how, yeah. how cool is that? Yeah. It's They're only building 50 examples of this beast to celebrate Christian sure Koenigsegg's, no, Christian Koenigsegg's 50th birthday. How about that? Yeah. And by the way, happy, happy, anyway, happy birthday yesterday, mate. Happy 50th yesterday. I know so, you don't. Yeah, uh, we move on. It's his, oh, it's his 50th birthday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. That's what I just said. He's only 50. Yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. So he's young, just well, like you. He I, young, just like he you, and mate. Got lots, in, lots in common. The only thing that I don't have that he's <laughs> got is a Koenig 6666. Yeah, <laughs> and we'd all love a Koenig 7.31, we yeah, took we Formula will. Ford next on Repco Race Control. Should I go? 
7.35 on a Thursday evening. This is Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver. Time to talk Formula Fords and one man that's been doing it for donkey's years. He's a Trans Am champion. He owns Chicane Racewear. If you know the stuff, you'll see it all around the racetracks in this country. His name is Shane Drake. Apparently, he's, uh, uh, we're being questioned now, Shane, that uh, is your official title the chairman of North Island Formula Ford? Well, that's what they voted me in for, so uh, <laughs> stage, I've got to stick with it. Okay, so Murph, 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 it's true. He's the chairman of North Island Formula Ford. How about that, eh? That, 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 that word doesn't really <laughs> fit with Shane, really, if you know him. I, don't oh, I like sitting on a chair. So that's true. Formula Ford's one of the most purest forms of racing for for youngsters and oldies like yourself to continue to learn the, the craft of racing, mate. But the South Island in recent years, is sort of, the numbers have been huge and, and North Island has, has struggled somewhat. Have things started to turn? Uh, well, I... I I believe they uh, they have seen that. Right, the South Island has been very strong for a number of years now, and uh, you know, getting grids in the thirties. And North Island sort of was nearly non-existent there a few years ago, and um, a few of us sort of uh, picked it up and grabbed it by the, the throat and um, shook a few things, and, and now we're starting to get some traction. But you know, that's that's from a multitude of things as well um but um you know it's we one day we we might equal those uh you know great south island former ford guys for numbers what's changed i mean you and i had a little chat earlier this week and it seems to me something that's is not happening a lot of in motorsport in this country but it's starting to change as well as you you guys got together and said okay how are we going to make this product better across the country um, look, I mean, uh, a, a couple of things have changed. Um, one is that, you know, there's a good bunch of people um, under under myself that have, um, you know, grabbed the thing by the throat and shook it up. The other thing that happened um, last year is that South Island Formula Ford and, and the new North Island Formula Ford Association signed a uh, uh, MOU um, uh, and we uh, agreed to go forward together, presented a case to... Motorsport New Zealand to sort of take over the rules and, and, and the New Zealand Formula Ford Championship. And once the board heard that, um, and, you know, this is the first time that, that the two organisations have, have worked together for, for many years because there was was friction. And, uh, look, it's, it's probably been the best thing that we've done. And we've got the, uh, you know, every Formula Ford now has the same, in the country, has the same direction going forward. Um, those are really important things for the future because, you know, you know, you and I have spoken a lot about the sport and, you know, we've probably whinged and moaned a lot over the years as well. And, but do you, do you genuinely see, um, that we are actually heading into a, a, a pretty strong and well-managed phase of motorsport in this country? Do you, do you feel that we're, we're, we're starting to, to look like we're heading into a purple patch for motorsport in this country? Um, um, that's, that's an interesting question, Greg, and uh, I'll, I'll probably just stick to stick to Formula Ford and say that I believe we are because we, we've got control of it and, and it's what motorsport does and what a, what a bunch of other people do at the same time determines of, of what it's going to look like to to the to the public but from our point of view i feel that we're doing a a, a pretty good job and, and don't don't uh, get me wrong we've got a long way to go and, and it will be hard 
and we will have curveballs thrown at us. But we are heading down the right way to to encourage more participation and bring this uh, category back to what it was in its heyday. I mean, it's 52 years old now. It's been around for a very, very long time. Um, so, look, I, uh, you know, I'll, I'll answer the, you know, the first part of that Formula Four. I think is on the right track. Yeah, and and it's so critically important though to to have this category. I mean, to to start the stepping stone process for the future talent, and we we do seem to have, you know, just an endless supply of of very good talent um, coming through that are looking to you know start that process in Formula Ford. Well, I mean. Formula Ford is the most critical step that you can make, in my opinion, and, and, and I probably think that, that you'd agree. I mean, you look at the current supercar field and, you know, the majority of it are Formula Ford champions or, or have been runner-up. Um, you know, there's, there's only one exception to this rule and the guy's now racing IndyCar in the USA, and uh, which is quite, quite unbelievable. Most of these guys go through the category, and if you don't really go through the, 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 this category... I don't think you're going to make it and or find out whether or not you've actually got what it takes to go to the next level, wherever that may be, whether it be IndyCar, Formula 4 or, or Supercars or Super 2, you know. So I think it is the most critical step in the process. Do you think that the key to the success of Formula Ford and maybe a, a reimagination of Formula Ford is that it's reasonably cost-effective? Uh, I, I think it is. I mean, you know, we're, we're having some challenges in, in our cost structure, um, you know, especially with engines that, you know, we, we're constantly making changes to try and limit those. We, we changed a tyre last year and, and you know, it, it's saving uh, in the vicinity of, of sort of 40% on what it was and it's a very durable tyre. So that's great for the category and you don't, you don't look over to the guy next door on the grid and he's got a set of brand new tyres on and you go, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm, I'm going to come nowhere. Um, you know, that, that's the tyre has sort of evened the category up and brought the distance between the front and the back closer, which encourages better racing. Who are, the, who, are, who are racing? What sort of people are racing? Is it still, you know, dads and their sons or dads and their daughters going out there, or has it changed somewhat? Are you seeing a, a different type of racer come in? Um, not yet. I mean, the, the category is a very transitional category, Stephen. It's, 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 it's made it predominantly made up of career racers. And, you know, the likes of, um, uh, you know, you've got Maddie, Maddie McCutcheon, for instance. You've got... Um, um, geez, I'm a, a mind blank, but you know, <laughs> um, Louis, Louis Scott, for instance, you know, they, they're on the road to go to go to the top, and so you, you only stay in this category for probably two or three years. But the, the thing that's what the South Island has is it's got a lot of it, and excuse me if I offend anyone out there, it's got a lot of Dad and Daves who turn up, you know, at every meeting for every year for five, six, seven, or eight years. And they are the backbone of the category. And they they do it because they love it. And they see all these career races come through. Um, and, and, and then you've got, uh, you know, us up here in the North Island. We've had a lot of career races in our category and, and hardly any Dad and Daves. So we're looking for, for more of those people that are going to turn up every round. Because after two years, two or three years, we have to find more people yep. coming through. Yeah. Well, I think I think there's a lot of there's a lot on offer for the category 
uh, there's there's growing support for it, which is going to make that decision for a lot of people, I suppose, a little bit easier to 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 go through that transition and go through that journey with Formula Ford. Um, mate, uh, Pukekohe's coming up uh, in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, a huge field um, of Formula Ford, and and I think it's um, it, it's just right. It feels really right, obviously, that Formula Ford are going to be supporting, you know, the last supercars event at um at Pukekohe and, and and you know they're going to be part of giving a, an amazing send-off and it, it's sort of fitting isn't it that that category is going to be there a part of that oh yeah look we, we, we're pretty excited um that we've managed to to pull together a field of of 30 cars and you know where the support i mean if uh, i sort of said greg and you've got your your you know minor minus you know di- di- difference of opinion but if if you know because i roll roll the um calendar back to when Van Gisbergen was driving around here out of control into turn one and his former forward and, and he was spotted by some of the, the teams in the pit lane and look if, if you're a, if you're a damn fast and a former four driver and, and you know you, you might have a chance of having a test and you know what things like he's he's watching and giving people opportunities you know to to drive a triple eight car so the most amazing field that we've ever seen in the North Island um We've got 11 South Islanders. Man, this, this is bigger than the national championship. And, uh, you know, to, all that's come about for a number of reasons. It's a great event. It is the final send-off. But we've also got that unbelievable support from the Tony Quinn Foundation, which, you know, creates true fun for our guys to travel up and down the country or subsidise them. You know, we've got about uh, $8,000 worth of pole position cash to give away. So all those little things are just you know, mounting and, and making this transition um, a lot um, uh, a lot easier and um, they can see what, what, what's at the end of the tunnel. Well, in Murph's word, it just feels right. And one will assume that you'll be wedging yourself into your uh, chicane race suit and into your Formula Ford and, and giving it a lash as well. Well, I don't know about wedging, Stephen. Um, <laughs> you know, may, maybe maybe you might be doing that, but, you know, I fit quite nicely in my car. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah, but but, but I'll, I'll, I will be bringing the old girl out for that round, and um, I'm looking forward of, oh, look, it's, um, it doesn't make any difference to me, but, um, you know, I think my um, my opportunities have been and gone, but, you know, I, I, want, I just want to see the young kids go fast, mate. You yeah, know? And, no, that's cool. And, and if you can help them do it, it's, um, it's even more fun. Touche, my friend. Uh, thanks for joining us, bud, and uh, can't wait to see you at Pookie. Okay, will do. There you go, 7.46. This is Repco Race Control. <laughs> Just gone 10 to 8 on Repco Race Control with Murph and Mackay. We're going to talk some open-wheel racing because it's an exciting weekend for Liam Lawson this weekend. He's going to drive Pierre Gasly's car in FP1 in Belgium tomorrow. It'll be tomorrow night. It's Friday there, so it might be Saturday. Uh, and that's pretty cool. The interesting Early morning, our time. Yeah, that's exciting. I was reading his posts, his, his so- socials, because um, he said the seat fitting was perfect. He's, he says he's a bit OCD on seat fittings. And the first time he ran in the old model at the uh, Young Driver Test in Abu Dhabi last year, he, he mucked it up. So he, he, he thinks everything's feeling good. And where do what? What do we read into this? I, because we always, we always try and read something into this. Is this just another step forward, or is it just nothing another, to read into it? Nothing to, read, nothing into to it. read. Yeah, there's nothing to read into it. There's, I mean, uh, um, those guys. Well, there hasn't been any. Has there been announcements? I don't even know. Sonoda, Sonoda. We know Gasly's staying. Sonoda is still a question mark, and he's got all this Honda money, but they haven't confirmed him. Yeah, but 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 
Yeah, but we knew he was going to be doing this a long time yeah. ago. You know, it's um, so it's not like he's all of a sudden had this thrown at him like in yeah. a test to be his potential. He's this is was was all part of the development and and giving him an opportunity to, to you know so they can test him and just make sure that he's he's got the goods to you know to be on the list of potentials moving forward and and he will be he'll he'll do an amazing job he was he was so impressive at Abu Dhabi from what we were told hell of a track though Murph. spa though hell of a track to oh, do it right but he's driven at spa i mean he's yeah. driven at spa these formula 1 cars you know they they come across as very daunting but based on on you know the things we hear about when they actually do drive them they're not as as crazy the power is amazing but these guys are used to the grip they're used to the era they under, they understand it you know the simulation he, he, he's obviously been in the sim in preparation for this who knows how many hours he's done in the sim um you know so so he's ready for it and his, his body's ready for it because he's been doing formula two um you know it's it's awesome and grant mcdonald who, who manages him is over there as well um you know it's been going to be there for the first time i think there's probably some i think there's some other um supporters over there as well getting ready for this um so it's it's hugely exciting just another step in that that progression towards the dream which is awesome you know what i always come back to i remember, always remember you talking and I always remember it's like only three or four weeks ago we talked about him when he was doing some mad passing in f2 and and, and i remember you saying that is what Red Bull want to see. They want to see someone yeah. that's willing and understands the car, but willing to go where a lot of other drivers might not even think of going because they're confident in what mm. they've got under them. And I mean, we all we all love them to, to hear suddenly that Red Bull have got popped them in there instead of Sonoda. But it's it's a it's a hell of a long shot right now. Uh, well, yeah, it is. Anything is possible. I mean, we've been talking about things that have been going in Formula One with drivers moving, and we'll, we'll cover that off, um, I'm sure, in a minute or soon about Daniel Ricciardo. So no, nothing is a given. You are you are not, unless you are Lewis Hamilton or Max Verstappen or, or Charles Leclerc, um, you know, unless you are an X-factor Top of the top of the pops race car driver, you are you are not set in stone at any given time in Formula One. It is brutal. It's dog eat dog, and um, unless you are delivering the performances that these teams expect, um, mate, you, your your job's always on the line. Perfect example on uh, Daniel Ricciardo. On, in fact, he's been given the hiff. It's official. It's now official. He will not be at McLaren next year, and, and Piastri will be in there. He's going to get a, a, a nice little payout because everything was in his favour. Smart manager Mark Webber. Uh, but interesting that Andreas Seidel, who's the team principal, has come out and said they blame themselves for the fact that he's going. And I found that quite intriguing. How about this one, though? It was reported uh, that Zach Brown offered him, and they, they, it was reported as a slap in the face. I actually would have taken it. Uh, they offered him a seat in the Air IndyCar team. I would have taken it if I was Ricardo. <laughs> but he's, but he still, he still wants slap. that, right? I don't think it's a slap in the face. Mm, I mean, me neither. They, I mean, it, it's, they care about him. They actually do. They like him. Everyone likes Daniel. He's a, he's a great guy. They, you know, this isn't a, a malicious. People will see it as that. Oh, they're treating him like this, blah, blah, blah. It's, this is this is business. This is business. He hasn't been able to get on top of things. He has struggled. And I hate seeing that because everyone loves him. But that doesn't, at the end of the day, um, you know, uh, turn into money and into running these race teams and the success that they need because they've got sponsors and commitments that they have to. They're always trying to improve. And, and it hasn't been working out. So, hey, they want him to stay part of the team. I'm sure Zach Brown knew he wasn't going to say yes. Um, but it was something that he would love to be able to do with him. Um, you know, it, it's it's just that situation. And as I said before, it's just it's a it's a 
it's one of those places. Daniel had a strength in Formula One paddock. He had a place of power in the Formula One paddock for a, for a reasonable amount of time. And now, unfortunately, that is gone. Okay, here's my wild card. If nothing comes up, Haas has been talked about. Apparently, he's contacted Haas. Alpine has been talked about. My wild card for Ricardo, NASCAR. That's my wild no. card. I just no, said it was my wild it. card. He loves America. Well, that's a, that's loves a, America. That's a, stupid, that's a stupid wild card. Well, I don't think it is stupid. Anyway, coming up after... Well, I'll, put a, I'll put a million dollars on it. A million dollars that that yeah. won't happen. <laughs> you can. It'll be, it'll be rubber money. I don't have it. <laughs> Hayden Patton coming shortly here on Ripco Race Control. Listening to Repco Race Control around Australia and New Zealand on SEN and SENZ, wherever you are, welcome into the show. It's actually 34 days, 2 hours and 58 seconds, uh, 58 minutes and 49 seconds and counting to the start of Repco Rally New Zealand. And one man that will be featuring will be Hayden Padden, brought to us today by Mighty 10 Trade, proudly locally owned and operated. Did you know it was that close, Hayden? Uh, I wish I didn't know that, to be, to be honest. It puts a bit of pressure on, but uh, also can't wait for it to come around as well. It's nice to have you back in the country. The, the, the real question is, has the WRC2 Challenger landed yet? I uh, don't even believe it's taken off yet. Um, it's <laughs> sitting in an airport, I think, in Paris. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it'll be on a plane soon and, and here within the next week or so. Mate, uh, can you give us sort of the, the rundown on how uh, close that was to not happening? I mean, we, I think we did speak uh, a little while ago and you were very unsure about um, where that was heading. I mean, I can only imagine the cost associated with uh, flying a car from Europe to New Zealand right now. So I'm, I'm sure you've got some people to, to thank for that. Yeah, well, the, 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 at the end of the day, cost was the main prohibitive of, of why we maybe weren't able to bring it back. Um, We've been able to get some support through some new partners here in New Zealand and also through the WRC promoters to to help us bring it back. And, you know, we're talking six figures to put it on a plane. Uh, it's a very expensive oh airplane ticket. Um, but it's, um, it, it's, yeah, been made possible by a lot of people. And it was a hard one for us as well because, you know, the AP4 we have in New Zealand is of similar performance level to the Rally 2 car. Um, so effectively, we spent a lot of money to bring a car here to have about the same performance on the stage. Uh, but nevertheless, it's a car that's all of, you know is eligible for WRC two. If we ran with the AP four, we couldn't be in WRC two and we'd be at the back of the field. So um, it was important that we could have a, a competitive car up near the front as well. That's that's a hell of an expensive conundrum to have. I understand, but it's a it's a it's an up to date brand spanking new car. Well, it was until you you went out and thrashed it. Uh, how do you think it'll make you go? Well, it, let me rephrase that. Do you think you'll go better in it than you would in the AP4? Yeah, it's got um, the, the benefits of the WRC2 car is they've got strength in different areas to the AP4. So 
on flat-out stages, fast stages, like what we see a lot in the South Island, I think the AP4 would be slightly faster, but on more technical, flowing stages, um, the Rally 2 car does tend to be more superior. It's got more suspension travel, more grip, more traction. So a stage like Whangau Coast, I think the Rally 2 car is going to be quite a bit quicker than the AP4. So, yeah, but, but close. You know, At the end of the day, both of those cars are designed to be um, comparable in terms of performance. Um, and we're actually looking forward to doing a, a back-to-back test for our car as well with the AP4 and Rally 2 to know where each car is and learn where each of their strengths and weaknesses are to help both of those cars go faster. Um, yeah, that's 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 going to be very handy. Hey, can you um, tell us uh, who you believe is going to be your biggest competition in WRC2? Who's who's coming from overseas that's been um, been competing in in the WRC Championship this year? Yeah, well, for that, the same freight reasons as us. Um, unfortunately, the WRC2 field, I believe, might be a little bit limited in terms of internationals. Um, there'll be I think three or four coming, and, and maybe the championship leader might be coming over, so that that's good. Um, there'll be a couple of competitive guys, but I think it's at the end of the day, the locals are going to be the fastest. You know, we can't um, underestimate Ben and, and um, the top of the New Zealand championship field. Um, but I think also, as we all know, Shane and Harry Hunt, uh, sorry, Harry um, Bates from Australia, Bates, yep. I think they're going to be pretty fast as well. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be some pretty close competition, and, and uh, I'm looking forward to that. Having, having the AP4 car and not having the WRC2 car, does it really affect your preparation, no, 34 days and counting? Uh, well, <clears throat> the, the WRC2 car has just come off the back of uh, three events in Europe that we've been um, basically prepping it out of the back of a truck, so... We've got to get it back here. We've got to get it re-prepped. Um, but we also know there's a lot of development we need to do on that car, and we'd like to try and get some of that development done before Rally New Zealand. You know, you never want to go to a, a, you know an event knowing that you you're not showing your best um, hand cards, and, and we know we've got more that we can show with that car. So we'll try and um, exploit some of that and test them before the event and see what we can do. Um, but then of course we've got a bit of a logistical nightmare even after Rally New Zealand because then we've got. Coffs Harbour Rally um, in November, which is part of the Asia Pacific Championship Final, so we have to send the car there. And then if we can get a WRC2 programme off the ground for next year, you know, our car potentially has to be back on a container by January um, to get that programme underway. So it becomes a real juggling act in terms of which car goes where and, um, you know, as soon as you put a car in a, a container, the amount of time that you lose that car for is quite substantial. So that affects the planning quite a lot. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot to do, man. I um I wouldn't uh, want to be your logistics manager right now. Sounds like a hell of a job. Um, hey, just the roads that um uh we are going to be using for uh Rift Coast Rally New Zealand. Um, uh, is there have you been or do you, have you been and driven on most of them? Yeah, I'd say we've I've done uh, all of them apart from the Whitford. Forest stage that we do on Sunday, um, yep. but the rest of them Friday is a very traditional day. Playing our coast, Tiaka South, Tiaka North. Um, we obviously did them as Rally New Zealand back in 2012, but we've also done them as part of the national championship two or three times since then. Um, mm. Yeah, that's Friday is the iconic day of the rally. That's what everyone's going to talk about. It's the biggest um, day in terms of distance as well. So. It's such an important day, and then of course in the middle of it, you don't have a full service. You just got a tire refit. So. That's a big day, Sadly, um up around Copper Hills, Puhoi, is similar to what we did at Auckland Rally a couple of years ago. Um, still tricky stages. Um, and then, of course, 
Jack's Ridge out there on Sunday is going to be an awesome way to finish it. And um, I'm actually really looking forward to the domain on the Auckland domain on Thursday night. You know, for a, a little stage up there, um, you know, free for people to come along and watch. I think that you're going to see tens of thousands of people up there, and it's going to be a pretty awesome atmosphere. Oh, it's going to be spectacular. I mean, what a place to to kick off. Um, you know, Ricker Rally New Zealand in, in 2022. Hey, so. Just with those stages, like uh, I went out to Fonga Coast the other day to do, to do a, a bit of prep work for, for some stuff. And, um, I mean, I, I've got memories of driving there. Only I've driven there once and just, you know, phenomenal, just blew me away. It was it was the last uh, sort of competitive stage I did in a rally car, and it was just amazing. Um, if, I, if we sat down, um, would you be able to, you know, uh, drive that stage accurately and provide the notes like from memory for the whole stage? Oh, pro- probably not from memory. <clears throat> I, I know the stage reasonably well. Um, so when you get back on it, you know exactly what's coming up. Um, but it's, I think, three or four years since we drove it in anger. <clears throat> so if, if we'd done it just last year, then for sure I'd probably be able to recall it. But, yeah, I know the stage pretty well, um, as do most of the Kiwis. Um, yeah, it's, like you say, it's a pretty phenomenal stage. It's a stage of two halves, very fast and flowing in the first part. Um, and then, of course, you get into that last eight kilometres where it gets twisty and it just seems like the stage doesn't end. It just keeps on going and going and going. So, um, yeah, that'll be, I think, the key stage of the rally. You can lose a lot of time in that stage, um, but you can also make a lot of time. So that's the key one to focus on for everyone. How much How much of an advantage, though, um, that do you have? Um, you know, forget the, the Rally 1 cars, but over everybody else, how much of an advantage do you have being that you have done these, you know, most of these stages previously? Oh, for sure it's an advantage. Um, that's why I would have loved to be in a Rally 1 car because, uh, you know, I, yeah. I would have liked to think we maybe made up for that lack of seat time in those cars with our stage knowledge. But um, nevertheless, it is what it is. Um, you know, we have to... At the end of the day, there's one thing, knowing the stages and, and having good knowledge, but you still got to drive them well on the day. Um, and that can come down to how you're feeling in the car and everything. So, it's, as you know, there's so many pieces of the puzzle that still need to fall into place, and we've still got to prep as, as well as we normally would and, and make sure we do a good job. When was the last time you saw the Jacks Ridge Power Stage? Uh, I think we were out there for a ride day uh, late last year, early this year perhaps. So, um, But I, I believe it's probably going to look a little bit different um, to when we last saw it and, and luckily doesn't have our little jump in it as part of the stage, I think. So, well, it has a um, jump. It does have a jump. <laughs> not the one that he's talking about, Stephen. Not, not the one he's talking about that, um, where he that ro- was not good for him. Oh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, that's not there. But there is there is that sort of familiar jump. But I think you'll be blown away. We were fortunate enough to go out today and be taken, driven through the whole stage and then taken for a bit of a, a fang and the, what do you call it, the, the second half of the... You, yeah, second you, part. Yeah, second part. And we said to Andrew Hawkswood... Oh, I said to him, "There's more twists and turns here than than a you know a crime novel." And he says, "Yeah, it's good, isn't it? It's an it's a oh, Murph. You described because Murph went and drove a nineteen. Uh, let me get this right. 40 year old Toyota Celica, the same sort of rear wheel drive thing Group that B. Uh, Group B car that you are Kankanen drove, and it's it's and I sat in it. Well, not with Murph, someone else. It's a really cool stage that second part, isn't it?" Oh, it is. It's, Are you talking to me? Um, probably. I was talking to you, Murph, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
well, as, as Murph will say as well, though, like it's, it, you don't often see it, though, do you? It doesn't get shown a lot on, on media or it's not a lot of spectator zones over there, but there's a lot that can catch you out over there. There's a couple oh, of blindies. I mean, <laughs> well, that, that jump, there's that one jump, uh, Hayden, I don't know, you know, it's um, halfway through the back part of that section that is you're heading towards the sky and it drops <laughs> so much. If you, I mean, you can't, if you over jump that, you're, you're going to be in deep doo-doo. Oh, no, you take it flat. Easy flat. Hope you took it flat today. <laughs> yeah, good on you. At least, at least, at least, at least I won't be having to do it again to now go, maybe I need to take it flat because Hayden said so. <laughs> hey, can you, so, okay, so from a navigator's perspective, I was sitting there, not being a navigator, but my hands were flapping around like a, oh, just flapping, I'm, I'm, and I was a little, not panicking, I was just flapping, going left, right, left, right, left, right. What is a, oh what is, what, oh, shush, Murph, what do you call uh, in navigational terms, a really hard hairpin, like a hairpin. What do you call that? <laughs> a hairpin. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sorry, just support you. We just call it like a one right or one left, really. A one right. One or... the tightest. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> okay. Yeah, there's, there's, I think there's one of those on that back section. But you, now, can you see Murph? Murph answered this question, but I have to ask you: Are they supposed to be really narrow these roads, these 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 roads all the time? Because it seemed really narrow that back section. Yeah, well, that's the beauty of rallying, isn't it? It's a bit of everything. And, um, you know, over the other side there, you've got a lot of camber changes, a lot of narrow gates and gate posts, and, yeah, it just has to challenge it, you know. gives you a bit more of an adrenaline buzz when things are a bit closer. I, um, uh, obviously, I, I watched very closely Finland um, a few weeks ago and just was, again, enthralled and just in awe of the speed um, of these cars through, you know, and over some of these most incredible pieces of, of road through the air. One, uh, how much did you enjoy Finland? And two, um, is there is there communication or did you speak to anyone about about New Zealand? I mean, is there a is there a genuine excitement for WRC coming to New Zealand? Yeah, well, first party questionnaire, of course, it was awesome. You know, Finland's like a, a, almost a bit like a spiritual home of rallying and, you know, the way that the whole country embraces it is, is makes it a pretty special event for for anyone to be part of. So um, that was awesome to be back there. And um, even after three, four years, it seemed like nothing really changed. It was all the same people in the service park and same sort of feel to it all. So that so no, was really cool. And then, but no, of course, you know, everyone's been talking about Rally New Zealand since it was um, provisionally on the calendar uh two years ago as well. Everyone's always been amped about it. So, um, yeah, they, they don't get too excited about the plane ride down. They, they all seem to talk themselves out of that part of it, but uh, they all know uh, it's all worth the journey because um, they're in for a, a pretty special rally. The one thing we do know, Hayden, is there's a lot of talk about WRC2 because of who's involved. And WRC1, we know the big boys are, are sort of being sitting at the side at the moment. There's a lot of talk about the locals and like some Harry Bates coming in. So uh, I think you guys could be could be the uh, show stealer is in a funny old way. Now, I was looking at your socials the other day, as I do, and I see there was some more stuff going on with the um, the, Eve, the Kona EV. What's What's the latest on that? Uh, yeah, we've just been out testing all day today, actually. So um, we're, it's been on the back burner, unfortunately, waiting on power. But we finally got those um, before we headed over to Europe. So got the car back under, up and running. Um, we've got another motor on it now. So it's got three motors uh, up to 600 kilowatts. But we're just sort of trying to tune our way through that at the moment because it's not 
as simple as just flicking the power switch. So um, I think today we were able to get up to about 80% of that. But, um, you know, despite what, what it may sound like from the outside, which is obviously the major the turn-off for some people in motorsport, from inside the car today is just phenomenal to drive. Um, you know, through the corners is even better than a World Rally car. It's just so planted, so stable. And the car, every time we go testing, every time we're doing something with it, we're just getting getting the car to go faster and faster. So um, it's pretty scary to know where the potential is because even right now we have no idea where the limits are and we're still experimenting and trying to see how much more we can get out of it. Hey, there there is an answer to the audio issue, right, the sound issue. Now, Murph, can you help me out here? The, the Chrysler, was it Chrysler, have just re- re- released a Challenger or a Charger concept car? And it sounded, it's a fully electric, Hayden. Find, look up concept uh, challenger, I think it is, charger, and have a listen to it. You wouldn't know it was electric. It sounds like a big throbbing V8. Now, if you, you can replicate that for your rally car, not the big throbbing V8, but, you know, sound like a, a normal rally car, job done. Job done. Yeah, yeah well, I don't know if a Hyundai would suit a V8 sound. No, but, I didn't um, say that, yeah. Hayden. Uh, it's it's an interesting one but anyway we'll see how that sort of naturally develops at the end of the day first and foremost we want we want to build a fast car so that's we'll focus on that part first and and the the sound of secondary mate that was the biggest shutdown i've ever been treated to you just put you just shut me down right there and then i'm not interested in that question Stephen. all right well that's fine mate it's always it is always a pleasure talking to you we are genuinely excited having you back in the country cannot wait uh 34 days and counting for repco rally new zealand so go well my friend and uh and just cross fingers the uh, wrc2 charger gets oh charger the car you know your rally charger comes home and all safe in one piece right Awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. <laughs> okay, thanks, mate. Appreciate this. Hayden Patton brought to you by Mitre 10 Trade. Our trade teams are here to help you get what you need when you need it. Job done. Did you see that concept? Did you, have you seen that concept, Murph? That concept? I, I saw it pop up. I saw oh, it pop my up. Oh, um, God. And I, I, haven't, um, I haven't chased it up. You yet. need um, to. I'm, I'm, well, I'm still a little bit more focused on, on, a, on a proper charger by Dodge, which is, you know, a 69 charger, which leaves that. Shitbox for dead. <laughs> but honestly, you know, however, we've, you and I both do complain about the fact that electric racing is a bit meh, meh. Well, that's not racing. That's a road car. Yeah, but you can do the same thing, man. I mean, the, obviously the technology is no, available. No. It was no. it was mega. No. no. Oh, come no. on. It was. No, no. Just stop. Oh. Leave it. Go away. Okay, 818, this is Repco Race Control. If you like the idea of that 0800-150811, 0800-150811, tell us how much you like it if you saw it. Twenty-three. This is Repco Race Control on a Thursday with Murph and McIver around Australia and New Zealand. And we've got to go, if you missed the uh, Sky Speed on Tuesday night, you, you've got to hear this story. Uh, Murph's had uh, probably one of his coolest weeks in the sense that he's been driving 
pure race cars. And we talk about the Celica in a minute, but you got to drive 30 years to the year, Murph. Uh, the peanut slab, <laughs> the peanut slab Sierra, which you're going to race at Pukekohe. I mean, what was that experience like? Uh, it was it was just a um, historic moment, really. I mean, to be reunited with a car in in December this year, it would it'll be thirty years, man, thirty thirty years since I drove it. December this year, um, and so you know, it's just like you know, meeting up with an old friend again, old school friend you haven't seen again. You know, it was everything was the same. It was it was it's just a little surreal that you know you can go through that period and and then be joined up with the car again and it just it was exactly the same as what I remember exactly the same you and I always talk about the evolvement of the sport the evolvement of technology but I think what you you described to me on the show was it was very analog but the the, the gearbox was beautiful it just felt right do you think sometimes modern race car drivers are missing out yeah I, I do think so because um, but but a lot of them don't yeah a lot of them don't know people like me know because I've been around for so bloody long, and I've got to got to sample all the all the stuff all the way through from, you know, back then when you had 550 horsepower on tap with, with very narrow tires and H pattern gearboxes, no power steering, and and that was all there was. That's that's it's not like you were, you know, someone else had something. They sort of did. I mean, our the the car the slab was a little bit behind some of the evolve um, evolution of some of the other cars at that stage, but still, it was it was pretty much what you you know uh, what everyone else had in, in varying degrees remember group a back then had bmw m3s it had v8 you know v8 commodores it had all sorts of different weird and wonderful uh, machines but but that's pretty much everyone had the same thing there was no semi-automatic gearboxes there was no abs there was no traction control you know they were analog and but but that's what it was and and things have changed and moved on and i've been lucky to drive a whole different raft of equipment and technology changes over the last 30 years. But you go back and you drive the slab and it's just like, wow, how how brilliant, how simple, how fantastic is this? And it's a driver's car. And it just gives you so much feedback. And, it, and it's um, with all the technology these days and how fast cars are and how easily they do it, it's nice to, to – hmm to be uh, reunited with something that, that doesn't have all that. And, and you finally got a crack. Right. And you finally got a crack at this Group B Celica, the driver, Ross. Not finally. Well, I, well, I'm only saying finally because the, the driver, Ross, said to me when I was in there, he says, oh, Murph, is, Murph would really like to drive this. And I saw the reaction when you got out of the car. That meant something to you today, didn't you? The old two-wheel driver, 350 horses at the rear. And, and I mean, he was swinging that. He was swinging its back. So it was, it was a fun car to be in. It's a gorgeous, gorgeous, beautiful, um, you know, Group B Toyota Celica. I think Neil Bates built the car um, in Australia, who's just a, an expert in that area. And, yeah, again, again, at 1982, 10 years older than the slab. I mean, I was 10 years old when that car was racing, you know, um, in, the, in the, you know, WRC, effectively. Um, so, yeah, just, you know. Very lucky. Very. That was the first time today that that car had been on a loose surface. I know. Road, yeah, he I, rem- felt, I felt very guilty about because it was, 
before that it was absolutely perfect and now it's got gravel rash all over it which I was a part to well I almost bogged myself because he actually only told me that after we stopped the run he said oh by the way I've never driven this on gravel I sent it to I sent it to Germany to race and there wasn't much gravel around and this is the first Mm. time I've driven it on gravel Uh, but that that power stage is going to be something special hey there's more good news we've got three Kiwi drivers uh, potentially potentially could be part of the Ferrari Driver Academy. Jacob Douglas, Hayden Backris, and Alex. Well, I knew nothing about this. I mean, yeah. And Alex Crosby. Uh, it's th- that's pretty special. They'll, they're off to uh, Sepang for a three-day event mm. uh, late September, twenty-five through twenty-eight. That's pretty cool, huh? We're not far away at all. They get a, a chance to go there. That, that's the uh, regional Asia Pacific and Oceania selection camp for the Ferrari Driver Academy. So they've been selected. They. They applied for it, and they were given the chance, and so they head off to join 21 other drivers aged between 14 and 17 from the region to go and do um, some testing. Um, they get to be evaluated in a Formula 4 car as well as other other things um, with engineering and data, media, fitness, nutrition, psychology. All that stuff is tested, um, and they break it down to the final two who um, who get a, a, a shot to go off and and then maybe get a chance with uh, the Ferrari yeah Junior Academy later on I mean yeah I didn't even know know anything about it so well done to those three guys for applying and and getting through to be a so many good things. You just got to cut out there for a minute, Murph. Just check your old ears there for a moment. But uh, it's 8.28. This is uh, Repco Race Control with Murph and McIver. Coming next, Thomas Randall, supercar driver. You're listening to SENZ around New Zealand and Australia. 8.33 with Repco Race Control, McIver and Murph. And time to talk uh, supercars. And one young man that we're... Well, it took a hell of a shunt at the uh, the bend, and that's Castro Mustang driver Thomas Randall, who joins us right now. His mobile says he's from Australia, but I believe you're actually in, in the country right now, aren't you, Thomas? <laughs> that is correct. Uh, yeah, thanks thanks for having me, guys. Uh, just trying to get in your uh, your time zone, actually. You know, a couple <laughs> hours hours ahead. Yeah, that's... Hopefully, get a good sleep tonight if I can. <laughs> Mate, that's the weakest excuse I've ever heard. It's only three. You, you don't need to get in the time zone for three hours. What are you doing in this country? Two. What? Two hours, Stephen. Two, no, two. two hours. Come on. <laughs> two, yeah. <laughs> Why are you Come here, on, buddy? Man. I'm lost. I'm, I'm clearly lost. <laughs> no, I'm actually, uh, I've, uh, <laughs> I'm doing, uh, just doing a bit of recon at uh, one of your circuits for a, an upcoming Sneaky race recon. Are you allowed to do that? Yeah, are, you? are you allowed to do a recon? Are you allowed to, you're not allowed to drive at the Pukka- yeah. Oh, Pukakawa is? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you do that? That's it. Yeah, yeah it's, just, it's not allowed to be in a supercar. It's uh, going to be in a Toyota 86, I believe. So so this is your first ever look at the track? Correct, yeah. I've done pretty much every other track in New Zealand when I, back when I did the Toyota Racing Series. But, uh, yeah, never got to experience Pukekohe. So it's pretty much similar to Sandown. goes around a horse track, but I guess this is uh, clockwise. So, yeah, should be, should be good. Looking forward to it. Oh, so you haven't actually been out the tr- on the track yet? No, not tonight. yet, no. So I just... Yeah, got in tonight. Yeah, so we're out on track tomorrow. Oh, okay. Well, that, Murph, tell him what he can expect, please. Well, I think he's probably watched a few videos and he's probably <laughs> spoken to a few, few blokes, and and um, uh, but he can expect he can expect enjoyment. He can expect a, a racetrack that uh, that I'm sure he's heard a lot about, and and I'm sure he's looking, you know, very you know, very much forward to having a race on, but. You know, he's going to experience, see it tomorrow for the first time, although an 86 will not do it justice, but at least he'll know where all the bumps are when he arrives here in a, in a couple of weeks' time. 
Does that will that do? Will that do? Will that do for an explanation, Thomas? I think that's. I think he's pretty much summed it up. Yeah, I mean, if anyone knows the track pretty well, it's probably it's probably Greg. So uh, no, appreciate the the tips and yeah, I think the main thing will be the the bumps and as you said, the the, the car exactly will not be a good representation, but it'll just be nice knowing where it all goes for them because it's very limited the track time you get in supercars. You know, I mean, I think I think the format will be that we'll get one practice session on the Friday, so it'd just be nice to at least when I go out there. I already know where it goes, and we can just get, you know, cracking straight into the program. Hey, mate, um, I've seen you a couple of messages over the last uh, little while. I was, mate, I was super impressed um, with with how you moved on and, and uh, regrouped after, you know, what what was a, a terrifying, you know, viewing of a, of a, of a big crash at, at the Benz uh, a few weeks ago. I mean, um, tell us about the challenge around, uh, you know, getting through that how sore were you what kind of injuries or what did you have to recover from um but you, you know you, you got back on the horse again so quickly yeah i guess that's the biggest thing isn't it trying to get back on the horse uh after something like that i mean you know what it's like when you when you go through a you know i guess a pretty pretty large moment in your, in your career especially something like that like we're on the front row and you know i guess it all turned pretty pear-shaped and uh, i mean First of all, glad that both Andre and I were okay because it, you know, it could have been so much worse. But still, it was quite a, quite an impact. And I mean, I just remembered that that feeling of you know getting hit at like 38 G's and the sound like it was just so loud. And it took me a minute to just sort of work out what had happened. And I mean, you know, it's the last thing you want to do for, for everyone, for the team, your, your sponsors, the fans. I mean, you know, I'm I'm there because I want to win races for the team and, and for everyone and and get poles and podiums and the last thing you want to do is essentially, you know, nearly write off a car and, and, and end it the way we did. So it, during that time, uh, yeah, I, I just wanted to sort of process it, you know, go and see the team, understand what happened, then just sort of move on from it. And there's really no better way to move on from it than getting back in the race car, as you kind of said. And, and yeah, practice one at Sandown was, yeah, going out there again. That was the first time I'd driven since the crash. And, it, I mean, it was only three weeks, but it, it kind of felt like an eternity. I just wanted to bloody get out there and uh, it was just nice to get back out there and I thought all right yep okay this is what uh, this is what I know you know and then when I was lining up for the for the start on the Saturday it was just like all right let's just remember the process and, and get through it and uh, yeah ended up getting an actually pretty decent start so that was really good to put that out of my mind and, and we actually had a really solid weekend you know, I mean we got two top 10 finishes and uh, that was really nice because I think the speed was there at Tail and Bend. So like I said, we qualified on the front row and yeah. obviously didn't convert. So, um, you know, and in between that time, I got to go over to the UK and, and see uh, Rob Wilson as well. So that was, uh, you know, fellow, oh, fellow Kiwi like you boys. And um, yeah, it was good to get over there. And, and now I'm looking forward to, to the round here in a few weeks. Mate. Yeah. Busy, very, very busy time. Um, I'm going to cover off your, your, a, a bit about um, your performances this year and, and some of the, the, the highlights shortly. But uh, let's just talk about Mr. Wilson. I mean, I uh, was fortunate that um, a few weeks ago, because he rang me, because he obviously lives in the UK, um, he rang me and, and, and guilted me into actually going to the New Zealand Motorsport Awards to pick up his Wall of Fame um, uh, prize that, at the Motorsport Awards recently. And he is a, an amazing, amazing individual with a, an incredible set of skills um, and you um, have gone over and experienced some of that. 
just uh, for those that wouldn't know, um, Rob Wilson is is a world class driver trainer, regarded maybe as maybe the best in the world, and and has a host, the most impressive list of of drivers that have been to him from the you know the best of the best F1 drivers, rally drivers, you name it, IndyCar drivers, world champions, all sorts of stuff. Um, and um, young Thomas was over there the other week. Just uh, tell us about the experience with him and what you what you sort of got out of it there, Tom. Well, first thing was he actually did mention that you were going to pick up that that award for him. So you were you were brought up in conversation. But uh, <laughs> it's funny. I mean, I, I went and saw him first. My first time was in 2019, and I mean, when you look at him, you know, he's he's uh, he, he's a chain smoker, and you know, he's as laid back as as, as anything, and uh, he's just got such a great personality to begin with, and you kind of don't really know what you're getting yourself into, and I think, um, I mean, you, you probably spend more time out at lunch than, than on the racetrack with him, but uh, what he teaches you is is uh, you know, kind of just to set aside the data and and stop sort of focusing on the squiggly lines and, and actually think about, mm. you know, my the driver's inputs, what what I can actually do to, to manipulate and influence what the car does. And, uh, you know, that really comes from, yeah, my inputs, whether it's the my steering inputs, throttle application, brake application. And the, the main thing he goes on about is the rate at which we move our body and how, you know, you sort of preempt or you can introduce an input and how that actually affects what the car does. I mean, we were out, oh, you know, we, we drive in a road car, and he has no idea what t- the tyre pressures are, what the tyres are on it, because it doesn't matter. It, it, it's more about how to, how to extract the speed out of this road car, which was just a Ford Puma uh, front-wheel drive thing. But um, it was interesting. I mean, there was at one point I did two laps the exact same time, but driven completely different. You know, one way was really using the tyres, heating them up too much, and another way was a lot smoother and, and, and in a way that would suit more of like a race distance. So, yeah, I, I got a lot out of it, and, and uh, we, we had my engineer there as well, and I, to be honest, I think he probably got more out of it because I'd already been and seen him before. It was more of a refresher for me, but for him it was his first time. He was in the car with us, so he could actually feel that, and, you know, he's never driven a race car before, um, yeah. so I, I feel like he got a lot out of it, and that's that's also a really good, you know, relationship building exercise for us moving forward as well. That that is fascinating. That is that I'm fascinated. Just a good old little Ford Puma and and trying to make you a better driver because I, I noted in the article I read it was all about raw driving. I love that that idea of raw driving. Does it? Do you think it gives you a tenth or something like that when you get back in the car? That you hop back in the car, go, I I, I know I'm going to do better here. I know how I can extract a little bit more. I mean, I guess it's really hard to quantify, you know, on, on the data because I guess it, you know, as I said, it, it's more about, I guess, the feel. And, you know, some of it you actually can't really pick up on the data because I guess the data records at a certain frequency and, and, and these are just really sort of not microscopic but really small inputs that you're, you're putting into the car and it's, it's very hard to pick it up on the data. But as Greg would know, you know, you can actually feel that and, and it's hard to measure that feeling in, in data because, you know, it's obviously not measuring our bodies. It's just measuring, you know, your suspension, uh, damper, travel traces and, you know, wheel speed sensors, you know, G-force, all that kind of thing. It's not really measuring what we feel or it, it just can't. So I guess we can feel what, what feels good. And, uh, you know, it's, um, I think it's really going to help because 
I feel like my one lap speed is getting a lot stronger. It's just trying to work on how to sustain that over a race distance, you know, especially at a track that's really hard on tyres. You know, maybe somewhere like Bathurst might not be too bad or somewhere like the Grand Prix track in Melbourne uh, with, that's a, you know, a, a surface where the tyres don't degrade, but tracks like probably like Pukekohe, Townsville, Sandown, those sorts of tracks, that that tyre management is just so key. Yeah. Uh, it is, and it's and it is forever changing surfaces. Um, you know the way they they impact the tire is is um, is very interesting, and and something that will um, you know that we're going to be constantly, you know, working on for the you know it doesn't matter how many times you've been to a racetrack, it's changing all the time. You've you've got to keep evolving. Hey, listen, how would you how would you rate um, uh, out of ten your year so far? Based not just because of results, but just the learning. Um, how you've handled uh, the pressure. I mean, you've had some amazing um, performances, as you said, qualified in the front row at the bend. Um, you know, you've shown really good speed for, you know, for really a, for a rookie um, in the season. I mean, how do, you, how do you rate it? I guess on a, yeah, it's a tough one because, as you know, there's so many different ways that you can, I guess, come to a simple, you know, five out of ten or whatever, but I guess if I had to probably put a number, I'd probably say seven out of ten because I think, yeah, I think that the I've shown flashes of speed earlier in the season, but I think now, the last sort of two to three rounds, that speed is really coming to fruition, which is great, but I mean, we've had five or six DNFs, we've had a couple of races where I've been a lap down after the first lap, so that's yeah. kind of really ruined any hope of you know, being in the top half of the championship. And, you know, there's there's a lot of those should, would have, could have stories, as there always is. And um, I guess that's all part of the learning, isn't it? Because there's that your first year in, in the main series, it's um, there's not even just the on-track stuff that you've got to worry about. It's all the off-track stuff and trying to, I guess, uh, you know, focus on time management. That's such a big thing because, uh, you know, you want to focus on everything, but you don't want to focus on too much and trying to be calm for the session. It's really a big thing. So, yeah, I'd probably say, yeah, 7 out of 10 is, is you know, there's definitely room for improvement, but I think um, we're definitely showing good signs. That's a fair mark, and I think patience is, uh, you're, you're an incredibly patient man as well. Hey, Thomas, thanks for, for giving us your time. Uh, welcome to New Zealand. We'll probably say that again in a couple of weeks' time, and uh, have fun in your yeah. 86 tomorrow, mate, because it's not going to be like the big old V8 <laughs> banger. You'll be thrashing around there 9 through 11 of September. Yeah, no, thanks, guys. And as they say, Kia Ora. Oh, very good. No, very good. no they don't. No, they don't say that. They don't say it all. No, mate, it was a no, but you, you made the attempt. Uh, we'd, we'd yeah, like, good try. Yeah, good try. it's Kia Ora, uh, but, but, that, but that may not be the right way to. But well oh, done, mate. I, no, no, well I done. Tried, I tried. Well, exactly. Well done, you. Thanks, Thomas. Thomas Randall and the Castro Mustang for Tickford Racing, 8.46. Eight fifty one. This is Repco Race Control on a Thursday with Stephen and Murph, and our Midas moment of the week, which is the best place to get your car serviced. I, Murph, you know what our my Midas, our Midas moment of the week is? I reckon Joseph Newgarden's drive in the uh, the St Louis race, the old Bomberito five hundred. The way he came out and just well, on new tyres and just went around everyone like a slot car. Now I reckon that's a well, that's definitely a moment of the week, don't you? Well, thanks for giving me a chance to vote on it. Um, you've made the decision, but fortunately, but fortunately, I agree. It's a good one. It's definitely a good one. Um, yeah, uh, amazing, 
result for him. Fifth win of the season, three points behind his teammate uh, Will Power now in the championship. Um, although, listen, I, I you know I want to take my hat off to Scott McLaughlin again, um, which you're probably getting sick of me saying, but um, another great performance. Started uh, fourth on the grid, was leading that race when it went into a rain delay of a couple of hours. Um, and was looking odds on. I thought they were going to call it. I thought they were actually going to call the race. I was hoping they were going to call it. Which I wish they had. But anyway, uh, he he unfortunately um, just lost out on the top two, to, uh, or the second place on the last lap of the race. Dave Malukas, uh, great job to to grab um, the second spot on the podium. It was an interesting read, actually, listening to David's comments about it. He there was two Penske's ahead of him and he was catching them. And, and it's just, um, it was, it was awesome to have a, another young guy um, achieve something and, and showcase his skills. But I, I don't know, mate, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that there might've been some Penske strategy in that, in that restart. I reckon, I reckon it just sort of looked a little bit like maybe it was, uh, we've got a championship here that we're, we're fighting for. And, and um, I just wonder if, uh, Scotty sort of didn't make it hard for his teammate for that fight for that oh. uh, that win. Oh. I'm, 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 I don't know. I'm just I'm just thinking. I'm, wow. just, I'm wow. just throwing it out there. A little conspiracy and, theory. Yeah, and and maybe he was he then was able to play rear gunner just to protect uh, Joseph. I mean, Scott's championship is not over, but but um, Penske w- need to win it, right? They need to win it, so they're going to put every egg in every basket. And this is what happens: two races to go in the year. Penske need to win this over. Get Chip Ganassi Racing, who are a big threat as well. I mean, there's Ganassi cars and Penske cars everywhere in that top six, and 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 they are fighting for it. one of those cars. One of those two teams is going to win this championship, and Penske now have two cars, first and second in there, and another guy who's showing great speed. Um, so I'm I don't know. I'm going to throw it out there. That's what I reckon may have happened. Wow, throw it out there. But uh, Will Power still hangs on to his lead all by three points. And we've got two races left. Portland is next. Now, they were showing some highlights of Portland. Uh, I think it was two years oh, ago. Cool, uh, Scott Dixon went through the, remember the dust? Yeah. He got through the yeah. dust and we're going, he couldn't see a damn thing and actually went on to win the race. How did he get through? I don't know. Yeah. He and, and he is still sitting there, man. He's still sitting there going, okay, boys, no, you carry on like this. I'm just sitting here. He had a disappointing race. But I, I, I noted on Sky Speed, you mentioned maybe Scott's still learning, you know, He's just still learning when he let Malukas go. And well, didn't he? He didn't let Malukas go. No, he didn't let Malukas go. He didn't let Malukas go. It was just um, he, Malukas had a stronger car at that point. But but I think he's still learning. And I think the point that you made before about uh, Joseph Newgard and giving them all a lesson earlier in the race, mm. when they went out of sync, jo- uh, Joseph and, and Scott both went out of sync, um, maybe in a strategy call around the weather that was coming, all those kinds of things. But but at the restart, when they had tyres on their cars that the others didn't, yeah. Newgarten went ah. from about 12th or something in the queue oh, my heck. Um, with lap cars and just decimated everybody. Uh, uh, and that was and that was the, the showcase of a, a driver who's who's in the zone, but has also got so much experience. And and that's the kind of stuff that Scott is, is still learning, even though he's got amazing speed. He's, he's got to, I suppose, recognise and, um, and take – 
the moments where you've got to take those risks on an oval like that and and know where to put the car. Okay, run out of time. Just uh, quickly, uh, not a great weekend for Hunter McIlroy. Dropped down to third and uh, after a fifth at the same race. But you know he's he's had he's had a cool a great a great season and there's nothing wrong with that. And Louis Sharp, by the way, is uh, racing this weekend. Move at Thruxton. He's been there before. Uh, quickest track in the British Formula Four circuit. And uh, very fast. And, and he sits he sits very, in fifth position. So, uh, I'm just watching this and. This is going to be a really fun career to watch, Louis. I think you know. I think there's great things to come out of there. Yeah, uh, without question. Without question, um, he's got the backing now. He's got the support to take him all the way. Um, so yeah, we are going to watch with interest. I can't wait to see what yeah. is going to come next year for young Louis. Okay, mate. You've had a long day. You've been travelling up and down the country. All I can say is have a good sleep, mate. Make sure you get some dinner, and uh, we shall talk again on Sky Speed on Tuesday, and again here next Thursday on Repco Race Control. Take it easy, mate. See you later, Matewa.